You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 310 of East Central's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by uh, executive video, audio producer, engineer, Zach Bertram, uh, my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis, and who? Today's episode features Miss Betsy Mills, and Betsy is back uh, from her European vacation. We're going to be talking to Betsy all about her time overseas and how that was and uh, the experience that she gained from it. Then we're going to be walking you through the Henry County budget process and what that looks like. Then towards the end of the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about some controversy involving the author from Central Indiana, Mr. John Green. And then Betsy is going to fill us in on the World Cup. And then I think at the very end of the show, Jeremiah is going to talk a little bit about some racing stuff. So make sure you stick around until the end, until you, if you want to hear some of that. And remind me at the very end, I have a, I have a question, a, a question for you all to answer. This is a full show, Jeremiah. It's going to be a very full show. The show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes it'll provoke you. Other times it'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. If you joined us for Patreon, you learned uh, that we like Canadian snacks more than Americans. Um, more than American snacks, not American. <laughs> One person in here had a very anti-American thought process about chocolate, and there are tomatoes on the table. That's what you learn. If you want to know any more, you have to join Patreon. Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. That's where you can go to support the show on a monetary level every month, and that is also where you can go to get those bonus episodes. We do a 20 to 30 minute bonus episode every week with our guests, where sometimes we try different food and drink and we make our guests also try the food and drink and we talk about what happened in our personal lives throughout the week and it's just a more fun uh we've only had episode. one guest refuse to try the food that's true who was that uh henry county sheriff john sproles what didn't he want to try he he didn't think key lime pie should look that green that key lime pie was like was Tasty. Was it like neon green or something? Well, you have to Beyond, check Patreon to yeah, know. It was, yeah, there's a picture in the Patreon okay. feed. It I'll was go find it. St. Patty's Day green. Oh, wow. But it tasted much better than your brain told you it was going to taste. Right. <laughs> it tasted fine. It was It was just it's delicious. We, we owed apologies to the poor kid who made it after because we blasted <laughs> it until we ate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you are a member of the Patreon and you donate $50 more a month, uh, at the top of each and every episode of the Ball Saga Liberty podcast, you do get a shout out. Who are those people, Dakota Squared? This week, we have Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is trucking uh, packages and goods all across these United States of America. He's keeping the country running, and we appreciate him. Then we also have Mr. Jonathan Phillips. Uh, John Phillips is running for City Council Ward 2 in Newcastle. I'm sure he could use some uh, help with that if you are so inclined. 
And then we have Miss Christy Avery, who is our favorite Norwex dealer in the, uh, well, we'll just say the world. Anywhere. This planet, other planets. We also have some merchandise. Uh, Audrey makes our merchandise. If you want a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a long sleeve tee, if you want a cup like what Jeremiah has, then you can uh, send an email to dakota at bosshogofliberty.com or jeremiah at bosshogofliberty.com or you can go to the website and just leave us a voicemail and tell us exactly what you want and we'll make it happen. By the way, if you're a patron, you did get an Audrey Davis appearance. That's true. She was on Patreon this week. Yep. Now she's in the... Now she's uh, hiding. In the in the studio audience waited to be shuffled away. She's watching a preseason football game like she has money on it is what's happening. <laughs> okay, Miss Betsy, you are back from Prague. I don't know. Where'd you go? You you you, you took a like a you summered in Europe. I summered in Europe. I've never done that before. Um I did summer in Thailand when I was in college, but um yeah, so the trip was Toronto where we left our car at the airport, got delayed by a day because of bad weather. What European country is Toronto in? Well, we started in North America. I'm saying Toronto was the de- <laughs> departure point. You, so it, was it the cheapest place to find a flight from? It was. Yes. Wow. And I had credits when I got, when we got COVID last summer and we couldn't drive home from our conference, we had these Delta credits and it paid for the flight to London. So that's why we oh, left from right. Toronto. It was totally, Very impressive. I, I think I paid 50 bucks for the, my flight to London. So, um, Toronto, I specifically remember on Facebook, you were like, man, the skies, it's so, you know, like the smoke and I'm in Toronto and I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) And also my neighbors in Indiana are also like the same. Anyway, it was chaos there too. It was the the air quality was terrible. Um, So we had some drama the first 24 hours trying to get out of Toronto because weather, but we got there, we flew into London, um, immediately went to the British uh, Museum. Which British is, Museum of Natural History, baby. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, it had this insane exhibit where it was like, here are handwritten Beatles lyrics from John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Here's the Magna Carta. Here are every major religion in the world. Here's their like foundational text. It's like 800, 2000 years. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. Mind blowing. Also went to the Harry Potter shop at King's Cross. They have one of those in Florida. I don't know why I had to go to Europe to celebrate Harry Potter. I haven't been to Florida in over a decade, <laughs> but I had time to kill at this train station, King's Cross, yeah. and it was it was cool. I got. Is my, there a platform nine and three quarters? There is. Oh my gosh! Three. And there were like <laughs> hundreds of people lined up to take pictures there, and it, they were mostly adults. And I was, I love Harry Potter, but I was embarrassed for them. But like anyway, it's fine. Um, and then we took our train to York. We um, let me ask you, yeah, how, how <sighs> Europe is far betsy mm-hmm. i don't like riding on an airplane to like california so going all the way to europe it, it, it's a mental barrier for me it's probably about the same honestly flight, i mean the flight there was really easy we flew on klm which is like the netherlands like flag here you know bear um all their like uh, flight attendants were hilarious. They're like, wine, 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 whatever you want. Like, and so Chris and I spent like that eight hour flight just playing battleship against each other and checkers. And it was like the best time. Um, we didn't sleep at all. And, you know, we got there in the morning and, um, it, you know, you've sat in the car for eight hours before. I, yeah, but it's, it's funny though. He said, I can't fly Europe. But he's like 850 miles in a day telling a camper. No problem. I, I can do that. Cause it's my, I'm in charge. So, I can get out. So this I can is a control walk. issue. I I'm not seat belted into a t- 
tiny ass seat. I get it. I've I, got all of that. You only built it in for takeoff. Betsy, landing. what's the name of this program? What program? This podcast. Boss Hog of Liberty. Which was named against my will. <laughs> because Jeremiah's bossy. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it's not too bad to get to Europe. And then once you're there, like flights are either really cheap and easy or you train everywhere. Yeah. And then, so that's what we did. We trained up to York, which is like not, it's like South of Scotland, but it's like Northern England. And we really, um, I've been studying the culture there. It's, it's like, it's like London is New York city, but York is Indiana. Like you want to meet real Americans, real, you know, not just cosmetology. The heartland of, yeah, of the, England yeah, is so the York North. Yorkshire is absolutely the heartland. So we got there. The king um, of the North. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, we, uh, Krista, and part of this was planned in advance. And part of this was like last minute. So Chris is like, we need somewhere to stay tonight. And I'm like, okay. So she books us at the guy Fox Inn. Do you guys know guy Fox? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you have to wear the masks? Yes. We had to, <laughs> to stay there. Remember, remember the 5th of November, he was born on site. So this is now an inn and a pub. And we're like staying in one of these rooms is named after one of the, was he born in a manger outside? The no, inn? it's yeah. not, nah. but a different, uh, different guy. Do you have to check in anonymously? No, but it, it was really cool. It was really cool. And like literally. That's a, all my Guy Fox jokes I have. Yeah, no, it, it was like amazing. I, and that's history to me. Like I learned that through V for Vendetta, which is like one of my all time favorite movies about like Guy Fox and the insane plot to blow up parliament. Um, but anyway, you look out the window and then there's York Minster. And York Minster is one of the most stunning cathedrals in the world. It is absolutely insane. Like, it is amazing. And not only that, but I really wanted to see it because um, the first statue since Queen Elizabeth died was installed, uh, like, probably 50 feet up on, uh, on the front of York Minster. And, um, statue of what? Queen Elizabeth II, and who I'm named after. I'm, I, legally, I'm not Betsy. I'm Elizabeth Ann. Um, so I really wanted to see it. It was breathtaking. It was just, it, no. York was amazing. Tell me about the statue. Is it young Queen Elizabeth? No, is it's, it old it's, Lady it's, Queen old, Elizabeth? it's old Lady Queen Elizabeth, which it's I think the is the one we're familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Good. good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And so, um, it's like naked gun Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> sure. Um, but it, it was like, it was really meaningful. This to whole me. show is for Zach's entertainment. Today. Yeah. And when we toured York Minster, they're like, Hey, um, you're good until this. And then we have all these vicars coming in to get, I don't know, ordained or some sort of, I, I didn't have the language for it, but it was, it was like, <laughs> this is a working cathedral. Like this is an amazing site. That's like 800 years old, but also like, there are services like things are happening. Anyway, it's, if you go to Northern England, you will not regret seeing York Minster. It was absolutely outstanding. Deco- Dakota notes that you were there for July 4th. Yes. Um, I actually, this was London time plus five, um, for us, but, um, I literally as the 4th of July started in England, I was staring at, um, Westminster Abbey and parliament. And I like, I, I was like, I'm spending the 4th of July in like the enemy's camp. You know, it was, <laughs> I, I made a joke on Facebook that I was going to throw water balloons at parliament. I did not, but um, it, it was just cool. Like we, we walked around. Would it be we, fun to get a 30 day ban from Facebook while you're stuck in a foreign country yeah. trying to communicate with if people? Thinking, on a, uh, England would be fine. Um, no, just we let him know that old George has still got shooters out here. <laughs> 
um, we saw a play in the West End, which was incredible and unexpected. And then we just walked around. We went to the this pizza place. It's supposed to be the best pizza literally in the world. Like they have two places, one in London and one in somewhere in Italy. I don't know. Anyway, the pizza was pretty okay. So <laughs> Boy, the people of Detroit would really be better. Not better than Pizza King, baby. Yeah. I've um, had better in, in Spiceland. Trains yeah. versus phones. Yeah. Um, but England was a ton of fun. Um, just being able to travel by train and the trains are hilarious. Like, I mean, they, they go everywhere, but they're like many pubs. Like people are hanging out. Like we, when we went to, um, Halifax, which is in, in Yorkshire and we wanted to see Shibden Hall and some other things from, uh, the show Gentleman Jack that we, we both really love. Um, but like there was a Hindu going on in the train and you're wondering what is a Hindu? Cause that, is unfamiliar. That's British speak for bachelorette party. So there's these like probably 30, you know, like six 30 something blondes. Because they don't have a Nashville, Tennessee. They have to do it on their trains. Well, no, they were going to Blackpool, (laughs) but um, they're like, then they figure we were Americans and you know, you, no one cares if you're American in London, but if you're, if we had a bunch of British people walking around Newcastle, we'd be like, what are you doing here, man? Like, yeah. what's up? Do you know the king? You know, what's up with your voice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they like adopted us and they were like, you, you could come with us to the party. Like you can, and we were like, no, nah. but they were like giving us white claws and just. So I've, I've heard that the alcohol consumption in Europe is just insane. It's insane. Is it true? Absolutely. Like if people are drinking everywhere all the time, any cafe, it, 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 they all sell alcohol. And I, we did see a few drunk people. We saw there's some girl, it was like her 23rd birthday and she was with her mom and her brother. She's hammered. She's bought three of the wrong train tickets. And so the train, they're really strict. And the train chick was like, okay, it's the wrong ticket, but you tried to try. <laughs> You spent it's equivalent. We've got the I'm, revenue. I'm, I'm just going to let that go. And it's hilarious. We saw that same train worker the next day. And I was like, how about that drunk girl who kept calling everybody silly gooses and telling that guy that he was irrelevant. Like she was, her trash talk was amazing. And she was like, yeah, um, if that had been anybody but me, they would have fined her it was, uh, <laughs> hundreds of pounds. And she was uh, insulting them by saying you're irrelevant. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was like the three of them. And the mom and brother are like this rolling their eyes. This is in rural Britain or yeah, this yeah. is in London? This, no, this is this is like North Country. Um, and she was talking. You, she was talking they're even pretentious in the country. No, she was just hammered. It was her birthday. Um, and it was like, if it's your birthday and you're drinking with your mom and your brother, why are you the one buying tickets? Because it's clearly not a good <laughs> idea. Um, but like there was another guy in the car with us and we were just chatting with him. And she just kept teasing him. She's like, you're a silly goose. You're irrelevant. Anyway, it, it's not translating well now, but it was absolutely, the trash talk was absolutely hilarious. And he took it in stride. And yeah. So was, does a, does a drunk British person sound like a sober American? No. Because Americans, when they're drunk, get a little bit of a British accent with yeah. the slurring of the words. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, more Australian. Maybe. Um, but it was funny, like, and, and like being out of like central, like, like, you know, big cities, you know, they're interested. You're, you're American. We were, Chris and I have a tradition of doing uh, mini golf on, on trips. Like we always do mini golf somewhere. So we're in literally Halifax, which is not a big town. And, uh, we're playing mini golf and some guy hears our accents. He's a young man, probably in his early twenties. He's like, do you know this YouTuber in America? Mr. Beast. No, not him. There's someone else. Uh, his name was Danny Duncan because I, I went to school with Danny Duncan. I was like, I know a Danny Duncan. And 
that's not the YouTuber. Well, I have no idea who you're talking about. I think I know who that is. What was your favorite American uh, story up. to tell people? Uh, favorite thing to relate as the ambassador from Indiana uh, um, to tell people about about what in America was actually like? They honestly like to tell them better. We're like, oh, America's so, America so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> America's so much better. Or this or that. I'm like, you have really good things here. Like, I, I mean, I'm a very proud American, but. Did you um, brag about your county just the, having um, its bicentennial? <laughs> Danny I Duncan is the not. sorry to interrupt. Danny Duncan is the guy that he popularized the shirts that say "Virginity Rocks." I'm sure that you saw. <laughs> oh yeah, high schoolers wearing those probably like last year. <laughs> this guy doesn't strike me as the type to be into that, but uh, anyway, it was just hilarious. Like like I told you in the the Patreon. Um, when you're in another country and people are like you're an American, you must know this famous person. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. But you say, well, do you know Elton John? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> do you know the Queen? Like, <laughs> yeah, like- yeah. I'd love to talk. So, uh, growing up in my family, which was very fixated on the Royals, my mom's in the corner over there. Um, at the Hindu, I was like, so I need you to tell me, Harry and Meghan, what do you think? And they like went into this insane analysis where they're like, we'll take him back. We hate her. She's dead to us. Don't really like Charles. Big fan of Princess Anne. It was, it was just hilarious. It was, it was a good time. They had the full opinion. Oh yeah. And they were willing to share it. And I was just like, I, I cannot wait to relay this to my mother who spends. Did you, did they ask you what about uh, our, our past couple presidents? Um, there were a few. And Cause I, I'd like to know how you explain them to the rest of the world. I don't know that I can. Um, <laughs> I, I it's about 2008 like, since we made a choice that made I, any real I mean, sense. I'm like, like you know, what did you think of Donald Trump? USA, USA, <laughs> just very aggressive. With with Biden now, I'm just like, I think Uncle Joe's probably taking a nap at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I would really like a president below the age of 70. Sleepy Joe, give me a smart, logical, non-firebrand. To lead us into the future. Mike Pence is right there. Just eating pork sandwiches in Iowa. Waiting. There was a Mike Waiting Pence. for somebody to wake him up. There was someone campaigning for Mike Pence at the Indiana, Indiana State Fair yesterday. I saw him. I was like, wow. There's just one guy. <laughs> <laughs> so wh- what country is Prague in? Uh, Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. You're, skip- when, when you're I skipping was, a, a site. When I was very college. young, it was the it was Czechoslovakia. Yeah. So okay, so you went from your you went to Europe, you went to England. Yeah. So and uh, then and then Poland, then Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Czech so Republic. It, yes. And so just to finish about England, um, I uh, I grew up a very big fan of the Spice Girls. I have no regrets. <laughs> Spice Girls forever. Uh, girl power. Um, what's a but, what's a popular song by the Spice Girls? I'm blanking. Wanna be? That's you're you gotta young. sing it. You gotta sing. Heck it. no. Uh, but anyway, so my favorite Spice Girl. I was like, one like there's got to be a concert in this country that we can go to. Like I really want to see. I, I British music is my favorite. Um, and Any so, concert, or you wanted a Spice Girls? No, I wanted like one of my favorite British bands concerts. Okay. I miss yeah. and like Blur's one of my all time favorites, and I missed them at Wembley. Like by like one day, which really bummed me out. But, um, but Spice Girl, Mel C, Sporty Spice was having a show in Coventry. And so we got tickets for that. They were like 12 bucks. It was hilarious. Um, it was like the end of this musical festival, but, um, I learned a lot about Coventry. I don't know how much you guys know about Coventry. Um, like it was in world war two, like it was, uh, the Nazis favorite place to bomb. And, really? Yeah. And, and so, 
uh, Coventry was sort of the sacrifice of England in World War II. Like Coventry, I mean, they lost a ton of people. Um, the Coventry uh, Cathedral we visited. Um, it, it's like there's a new site. Like there's this bombed out church that has walls left, and there was a cross left, and so it's it's like this incredible historical display. And what's what I was really moved by was. Like the Nazis really went after Coventry. Like Coventry has a could have a huge beef against violence. Against, I mean, they they were the spot in England that absolutely took it on the chin over and over. Was and, there? Did you get an explanation? Like, what was the reasoning? It was, uh, it was like a manufacturing like. Uh, it's so not far a lot from of London. Industry there? Yeah, so okay. so that was. It like, was like Detroit. Yeah, yeah. It was it was strategic. Or Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't stop it, and it was just it was really bad. Um, and 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 they lost a lot of that city. Um, but like Coventry has done all this like reconciliation stuff with like places in Germany where they're like, hey, we want to be friends. Like we're moving forward. And anyway, they, I went to a museum and. Um, it talks about that history and just the just the so act you, of you owe me a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> also, we went to a museum in Coventry where they're like like Coventry's like mascot is this like giant dinosaur. They call him Dippy. It's like Diplosaurus. I don't even know. So we go to this museum to see Dippy because Dippy is like a big deal. Guess what? Dippy is from Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> so the mascot of Coventry of England is literally an American. That's like, spectacular. Oh, okay, cool. I thought you were well, the Statue of Liberty is French, so it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it yeah, cuts yeah, both yeah. ways. Yeah, I thought I you were right. going to say it looked like the Sinclair dinosaur or something. It kind of did, actually. That's oh, like kind of the shape, yeah. Um, Breaking but, news, there's a Sinclair dinosaur on display on Wilbright Road. Really? In, in New Lisbon. The old Llewellyn oh, yes. place yeah. is now a yeah. motorcycle shop slash... I don't even know. It's State Road Three motorcycles, but they've got all the all the signage and, and whatnot. All right. So then Poland and Prague. You went to Poland two years ago last year. Last year. Last year. Right um, after the, right after the war broke out, you did some humanitarian work over there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we sort of just lucked into that. But this was not humanitarian, and we really wanted to volunteer. So Krista had a conference there. That's what took us there um, back to Warsaw. And I I really wanted to volunteer with refugees, like I did last year. And, all the programs were like, we need you for a minimum of a month. And I was just like, I'm going to be here for six days. Like, yeah. I can't do that. Um, oh, I should have said, one of the families we worked with last year um, who uh, they got uh, visas to England, we had dinner with them. They had us at our house. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. a mom and her, her three kids. And we really connected with them when we met last year. And it was it was a pretty emotional experience. But now they're they're in their house. They're all set up in Harrogate, which is also in Yorkshire. And I didn't even realize where they were in England. And she was like, you're so close to us. Come have dinner. And just to see her with their little girls and they're settled and they're, like knowing where they they're were. They're living life again. Yeah. yeah. Knowing where they were a year ago with the girls just they just look so tired and they've just been traveling Europe for months, just bouncing around on visas and trying to, they've had a year in a safe space. And like, to, anyway, there was a score gun fight in the house. Um, that was my fault. Um, but like we had this great dinner and it was just, it was just so sweet to see them again and know that they're thriving in England. Um, but yeah, Poland, um, I couldn't believe the difference between last year and this year. Like literally everywhere you look, there'd be Ukrainian flags. Everywhere, everywhere, all the time, people wearing them, blue and gold, everything. And this year was like much, much more subdued. Like Poland opens, opened its doors for half a year and then yeah. it just kind of shut down. We've, I've heard that 
about Germany. So Germans' support of Ukrainian efforts has waned, and it's mainly because they felt some real pains due to their energy crisis over right. there. Is Poland, do you think it's something similar? I mean, geographically, we're, they're there, but I don't know if they share the same energy policies. Yeah, I don't think it's energy-based. Based on a, an article I read back in the fall, it was just like, uh, Poland was saying we're exhausted. We're exhausted. Like, like Warsaw went from like a million people to 2 million people in like a month. Mm. And so all this influx of people, people hosting people they've never met before. Um, the thing about Poland is that like Poland was absolutely Hitler's number one place to just cause pain. It was the and, first right. invasion point. Yeah. yeah uh, Auschwitz, all of it, like, like Hitler especially hated the Polish and, um, so they, they like know that history of being attacked unfairly. And, and so I think that caused them to open their doors incredibly generously. And then the welcome sort of wore out and I could definitely feel that at this time where it's just like, okay, like, it's, it's just, we've different. done what we can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and our people are exhausted and, and that's not fair to Ukrainians who literally are just, I don't know. It was weird walking through the, the central train station in Warsaw. Like last year, that's where we worked. That's where like we fed, fed people food and helped people and in this giant tent and like all that was gone. And so when we were taking our train to Prague, we left from there. It was just like, wow, we were circus hearing. circus moved out of town. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just really, it was interesting. It, it was a weird feeling. But, so um, were you able to visit any like world war two heritage sites? Um, yeah. So like Coventry had a a lot of stuff and, um, like in Poland, no, not this time. I mean, there's, uh, there's, you know, monuments everywhere. Just stuff everywhere. Yeah. Um, we did go to the museum of the, uh, like the history of like the Polish Jews and it, it goes back like all the way back, like not just like the last hundred years. And it was, that was a really heavy, but interesting museum. Um, really well collected um and we went to this like other museum that was like modern art and it was just videos of different like feminist movements and um i didn't know what to expect but it was kind of wild and anyway the docents were barbie movie no it was not (laughs) it was just it was a little bit of everything and i we were both like whoa this is maybe too much so (laughs) <laughs> um, I very, I very rarely feel that way, but it, it, that museum was like something else, and they hated us because we were Americans and stupid and didn't understand the Polish. So, was Poland the place you felt least loved uh, as an American? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And and like Prague, everybody speaks really good English. Poland, it's totally hit or miss. Oh, really? Huh. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah. And, and and like that's on you. Like you're the traveler. If you're not from there, like it's on you to figure it out. Like it's not their job to host you and make sure a lot of you know. Google translate. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And Chris is way better at that than I am. She learns like, please. And thank you. And enough to just be gracious. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I just thumbs yeah. up like, thanks. Like, um, but I, yeah, she's good at that. All right. So then on to, on to Prague and then back home. Yeah. Uh, n- not quite. So Prague was, uh, so, okay. I'm going to say this incorrectly, but like, I'm in the ballpark here. So like at one point Prague was the home of like the Catholic church. And this is a city with incredible history in the Czech Republic, which is a new Republic. You know, it used to be 
It was, in the eighties, there yeah. was a change, right? It was Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Now we have the, you know, they're separated and they're both democracies and they fought really, really hard for their democracies. And so they're very patriotic, which I think is amazing. Um, Prague is, I mean, it's old. Like you walk around and you're like, these cities are, these streets are like not even a car. Like, you know, like we got into a few traffic jams because <laughs> the roads are like so hilariously small. Um, something that was really meaningful. We, we walked back to our, we stayed at a very fancy hotel. I didn't realize how fancy it was, but um, it was a good price. Um, we walked across the Charles bridge, which is like one of the main features in Prague. And it's got all this like Christian imagery. It's from 1402. So it's like <laughs> super old. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And like seeing Prague castle. It's, that is uh 90 years before Columbus came over to the Bahamas. Yeah, so yeah. There, there's an Instagram account that I follow. It's called English pilgrim. Mm. And he's a dude that he, goes and does video he documents these historic cathedrals all across europe that have been forgotten when they're all from like the middle ages that and sounds it's so like, cool there's cemeteries there but everything's like will be overtaken with vines and things and it's just really cool and you've been talking about all this and the history in europe is so much deeper than what it is here as far as recorded history, right? Absolutely. But it's just, it's kind of mind boggling. It is like, and like on the world stage, we're literally puppies. Like our country's, you know, what, 200 and something years old. Like I, I am so proud to be an American and, and what that stands for. Um, but like also the rest of the world's been living a lot longer and, just to, I don't know. I think it's really humbling to go to these spaces that are so much older. It's enlightening to see yeah. other, you know, to, to, to add to the culture. And that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you here is because I, we don't all get a firsthand experience of that. Some of us are adverse to an eight hour plane rides. Um, <laughs> you can do it if you believe in yourself. <laughs> so were you working as you, as you went over or it's summer for you? So you didn't have to work as much. Oh no, I'm teaching now. Um, yeah. so, uh, Toronto, we left from because of cheap flight, but also we were coming back to there for a conference. So England was fun. Poland was a conference for Krista. I had nothing to do with. Um, and then Prague was just fun. And then when we flew back into Toronto, we, we both had a mutual conference. So um, our universities have helped us pay for the vacation as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. Well, I'm glad you're back. The day job that most people know you for not the education side but as as a henry county council person yeah so um we are in the middle of budget sessions the council has been meeting uh tuesday thursday monday wednesday the last two weeks i have not been in attendance and that's because i got covid literally the day of um, Krista came home from another conference. That's what we do in the summary conference. Um, she she got COVID on the last day, had to drive home from Minneapolis, which I felt so bad about. Um, and I inevitably got it because that's what happens. Anyway, so I have missed the last two weeks of budget. This is the first time I've been in public. I, one of the first times I've been in public. And I've been testing negative for about a week. But um, it's just, it's the third time I've had it, fully vaxxed. Um, it really... There was one day last week I woke up at like 3 p.m. Like it just absolutely knocked me out. Um, so I can give an overview of the budget and how we go about that. But the specifics are – I'm not going to be the best member of council to explain that right now. And things are still in flux. We meet tomorrow at 8 a.m. And 
um, we have some big decisions to make. So there, there's a process where they, the council comes together and does work sessions where department heads and the council mm-hmm. meet and get together and, and work, work through that. Yes. And then ultimately you'll get where everybody votes on a, on a final, final that's, budget. That's right. And it, since I, I've been on council, this is my fourth year. Um, yeah. Fourth year. 2020. Yep. Um, so basically every department head or elected official turns in their department's budget and we go through it line by line by line. And we compare, Hey, you use this much last year. Do you need that much this year? Cause you didn't use as much. It's a trust exercise. I mean, a lot of it's like, Hey, do you need that? Yes, I need that. Okay. I hear you. And it's hard. I mean, because every, every department head is asking for more, right? They're advocating uh, for the department. It's, it's a total mix. Like some like swing for the fences and it's like, come on, man, you you know, the score, like we're not going to be able to do that. And others are really gracious and it's just a total mix. Um, but like it, my I, old boss used to say, if a man does not ask for what he wants, he will not receive what he needs. Mm. That was his, uh, uh, way of saying if, uh, you don't shoot high, then you won't get anything. I mean, that's true. I, that's true. Like, you know, but, um, also we don't have the money like COVID hit us. Inflation is absolutely murdering us. We can't pay market wage for most of our positions. We're just competing with the private sector. Um, they're real problems. And like the revenue has still been pretty healthy, but we're dealing with the state and I'm not targeting any elected official in specific, but you know, the legislature sits on billions of reserves and they're like, we're such amazing fiscal heroes. Look at us. And then we look like villains. I told the Courier Times that like we look like such Oh, I have to, you know, vote to pass this tax to fund nine one one. There's no other option. Like we've exhausted those right. options. They, and that's the conversation we've had on the show many times is that the, the state will not raise the tax. They will put the gun in the hands of the Absolutely. counties and then say, you have to pull the trigger. Yeah. So it, you have to, you have to be the ones we gave you the tools to fix it. Henry right. County, if you choose not to fix this, it's on you. Right. That's, that's why we didn't really talk about it that much on the show. I mean, we had um, John Sproul's on. He talked about it, and we covered it before that. But it was kind of like, Butch made it really clear. He said, if we still want a 911 center, then this is what has to happen. Abs- There's not an option. So it was like, great. The hands are tied once more, right? Just like it was with the jail issue. Yeah, and I, I actually did not vote on the PSAP tax because um, the first. Well, I guess we weren't voting that night, but they had a special meeting. I was in Prague. It was 10 p.m. I'm in my hotel. Kenan's also on vacation. We're zooming in. There's some sort of tech issue on the courthouse, and we didn't get to zoom in. But Travis asked me what were my thoughts on the PSAP, and it's like. I am a very fiscal, fiscally conservative person. Like I, the less the government gets, the better all of it. You deserve to spend your money. You know how to spend it better than your government can in general. And the PSAP tax, I mean, you know, here's a loaded gun. Like there's no way around that. And we, we paid specialists to analyze it over and over and make sure we weren't missing anything. So it was going to be insolvent in 2026. So has the state designed counties to almost be obsolete? where you don't really get to be as autonomous as you want to be. Like as a council, you've got a tax cap. You can't really pay people what you'd like to pay them. Like, are there that many levers to pull for, you know, if you're not one of, if you're not Marion County, right. right or that's, Hamilton. that's different. Right. Yeah. 
But I mean, for the 80 counties that are kind of in between. Yeah. I mean, every time I go to like a regional, like meeting with county council members or whatever, um, it's been just a total gripe session about, man, the state's really screwing us over and making it our jobs impossible. And so, yeah, I, I didn't have to vote on the PSAP tax because of whatever. I fully support it. And I hate to say I support raise, raising a tax, but it had to happen. Well, you're not running for election until next year. So the <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my words. So I, I'm now sitting on the Sheriff's Department Merit Board. Oh, and cool. one of the roles we have is hiring and staffing the Sheriff's Department. A lot of the folks in the sheriff's department have taken notice that the that the state of Indiana, in their new budget, has found all kinds of money for the Indiana State Troopers. So a trooper now baseline first day is going to make seventy thousand dollars. A fifteen year trooper is going to make one hundred and twelve thousand uh, dollars. If you're a patron, by the way, you get the uh, you get the show notes and they're dropped in they're dropped in a little private Facebook group each and every week. There's a little clickable link in there with the uh, with the schedule, the matrix as to who makes what and how it goes. Um, so it's basically the the troopers make seventy thousand dollars, and then, but that is for what? That is what's day this? one. So then, what makes the twelve thousand dollars jump to eighty two thousand dollars? Yeah, that's the schedule here. So if we the, the, there's an infographic that I that I pulled up for for the moment. Uh, but if I actually pull up the linked document, drum roll, slow rolling, clicking, click, click, click. Uh, there's like the uh, Indiana State Troopers have put this this, this pay matrix out. A trainee is going to make $60,000. As soon as you get an actual trooper job, you're going to make 70000 And a regular trooper is going to make $112,000 15 years in. Honestly, they deserve it. Like I, I, I think we should pay teachers. I think we should pay police. I think they're both right. But but the problem is, is that it that's the state doing that, part, right? Right. Well, and it's, so it then, totally screws us up. So I the mean, state, the, they're they're going to have the pick of the litter. They've they've said, hey, we're going to pay. You know, we're in the forties for for, and I think that maybe that's going to adjust a little bit here yeah, from the county. Yeah. But you're going to say, hey, you've got a fully trained sheriff's deputy for any county. State troopers can you can go double your money damn near instantaneously Absolutely. by going po- there, and they poach our people. Like we put them through, you know, ILEA. Like they go through the, the academy, they're qualified, and then they can jump to a better job. And so that costs the county money. Um, this is this is going to be a long term issue. Like us competing with, I mean, we've been competing with like from the county perspective with Newcastle. They're able to pay more, and it's it's not for lack of wanting like i could not be more pro police being a former police dispatcher like a lot of my friends are police like it it's we don't have it that's a we don't we don't have it and we try i mean i've worked with two different sheriffs i want them to have what they need and i trust them to know what they need um it's just really really hard because the county doesn't have the money and so the solution to that is i mean It'd be nice if more of that money, the, those you know, six billion in reserves, trickled down to us, because we could spend that more effectively. It'd right. be nice if there was they could subsidize some of it. It's it's a mess. It's a total mess, and the sheriff has to advocate for his you know his agenda and what he needs. And I respect that completely. And um, it, if we had it to give, I'd vote for it. So many, so many of the 
issues that the council deals with sounds like are really state oriented, but you don't see a whole lot of yeah quick agile change coming from the no, state. No, it's not. And, and like again, I I respect our representatives and, and senators. Like, it, there's a lot of good people in the state house, and it's but it, they. It's like they forget that most of them came from local government, and so they get there and they're like, "Oh well, I'm going to be a hero." And you guys, here's here's the ability to pass. You can pass more taxes. That'll be fun for you. And it, I hate that, but um, I don't know. We just keep advocating. Yeah, Tom Saunders was on the show quite a number of times, and he was always keen to fill us in on how state legislature, state legislating worked i guess would be the appropriate way to phrase it and it wasn't so much as what you think because whenever we learn in our civics classes and our government classes in high school it's the we're learning about how it was done in 150 years ago right and it's just nothing is the same it's so messy and and the legislation i've worked on for various reasons like i know a lot of uh lobbyists and all of it, like working through the legislative process. Um, it is so, so messy. And you guys know that. Like, it's just, you think you know how the government works. And then someone says, yeah, he's the house majority whip. And you're like, what? (laughs) So yeah, it's just, there's, there's a lot of, it's like an onion. It, it apps. That's a great analogy and, or metaphor. I, I don't know the difference, but, um, (laughs) I've never, I'm always like, I don't know. It's one or the other. I don't know, but it sounds violent. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it it is really, really messy. And, um, I wish it were more simple. And and at the County level, like I, I just want to say, I super appreciate my colleagues last two weeks, like uh, what I've been able to tune into. um, With the budget, um, whenever you're allocating the funds, just to circle back for a second here is is, are there a lot of hard decisions that you have to make? Like, is the council going this year? We really need to focus on getting our sheriff's department paid. And yes. that is going to make, that means we have to cut from here, 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 here. Um, it's not so much cutting, like it's just where to distribute. And so when we were entangled with the ACLU and that lawsuit, it was like, we need to fund these jail officer positions like that is part of this federal lawsuit like we have to fund it we have to try to fill it too but we have to fund it so we have we have to set that money aside um every year has been different like and we and, and like i really i believe in my council like it's been good leadership and it's been a lot i we could not be more open and i know that there's always skepticism or like what's your agenda and it's like we literally want to pass a black budget. We, we literally want to keep things moving as efficiently and effectively as possible. It's hard, um, especially with the constraints of the last couple of years. And so, um, I don't know. I, I, I regret that I haven't been around the last two weeks. Um, I've tried to contribute when I could. And I also sent pizza on Friday. They had a, <laughs> So they started at like eight in the morning and they were supposed to break out for lunch and they didn't. Because they had a two and a half hour, which unscheduled, uh, meeting with the sheriff and, you know, everybody. And they're, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. They're like, we're all dying. Like, we're starving. So I sent them pizza and salads and breadsticks. I was like, that's my con- contribution. I'm not there physically. I'm definitely not working through it mentally with you because I'm covid and foggy. But I could send you food. So, so I, I mean, this was not planned. 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the answer, then just tell me. Sure. But the the sheriff is in a lawsuit right now mm-hmm. and with the ACLU. With Mr. Bilbury. <laughs> and does that, if if he loses that lawsuit or he has to settle, then does that come from the county? Is it coming from the sheriff's department budget? Is it a personal lawsuit? How does that I do you know? really don't know, and I know there's a little bit of precedent, but the only um, reason I'm asking is I've had people ask me. Sure, I I don't know. It's honestly, and maybe it's because I'm not there, and I haven't been there in person in a couple of weeks, like Europe and then COVID. Um, I would assume a settlement would be coming. If, if I would hope if, you have insurance is going to pay. Oh, we do. We, we, yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah we I do. mean, if there. If the county yeah, is financial, you're not going to pay directly out of the county. No, you have an insurance policy yeah. that that protects the we county. Do. And, and like that's been tested in recent years, but um, yeah, I mean it, the mechanism. But it's that, not like yeah, it's not like if you lose a county lawsuit, you have to fire 20 people. No, 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 so it's not like that at all. Traditionally, what is the biggest line item in the budget? Um, people. I hate to keep talking. People. Yeah, people. It's headcount. Um, insurance. And, and our insurance used to be way, way, way in the red. And um, Kenan and others have walked that back and, and made really good decisions to put us in the black. Um, it's people. It's insurance. It's PERF. Just like, you know, state benefits. Um, it's, I mean, a lot of it is public safety. And I don't just mean Sheriff's Department. But, um, and I'm, I know I keep mentioning that I'm ridiculously supportive of all of them. I, it's it just, that's our number one priority. Like, and if you think about government, like what is actually local government, what should it be? I think our number one priority is probably public safety. So like, we always need to make sure that's taken yeah, care always. of. So, and not like you said, not just law enforcement, but yeah, all of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if local government can get the fire trucks, the ambulances, the police cars to show up on time, not have potholes, get the snow plowed, trash right. picked up, clean water, clean sewers, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, right? that, that's the those are the basic block and tackles that people people care about and people see. It, 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 yeah, and there's so much government to me that's like, why does that exist? What does that office do? What do you? What's your purpose? And then, I mean, public safety is what it is. It's number one. So we need to keep our people safe. And there are emergencies. We need responders. Um, funding that is getting more and more and more complicated. How about libraries? Any library drama in Henry County? Uh, speaking as the daughter of a librarian, retired Middletown, um, no drama here that I know of. But I hear there's weird things happening in Hamilton County. Hamilton County has a library board. I've never seen a library board make news like the Hamilton County Library Board has. <sighs> In the last six months, uh, here's the way this played out. And this, I'm a little cynical, mm-hmm. but our friend Rob Kendall has a friend, Micah Beckwith. Yeah, I'm supposed to meet with him sometime. Micah is on this board, and he has this board has found a way to be in the news about once a month for the last six to eight months. About a month ago, Micah announced that he's running for lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a coincidence or not. Oh no, it's totally coincidence. Just uh, just a don't shock. Even, don't even look behind this. Yeah. Just a shock. Um, so the board has been moving books around. And a couple months ago, our syndicator, Chris Bengel, had, had a lovely lunch with Micah. Um, and Chris was placated uh, by Micah, who said, no, listen, we are, we're not banning books. We're not doing anything we shouldn't do. We're just making sure that explicit books aren't in the children's section. Okay. 
And there, I've I've seen some books yeah, like yeah. online that I'm like, good lord, that was in a library. Like I was about I, to say, there I have seen things on the internet. I'm like, that is not okay. So I, yeah. th- they do exist, but so this week, <laughs> this week, uh, one of the Hancock, rather the Hamilton County Libraries, the Hamilton East Library, moved the Fault in Our Stars, which is a John Green book. John Green, a Indiana Central Indiana Native. author. Yep. Uh, very famous TikToker, uh, YouTuber, uh, driver of the pace car of the inaugural Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Zach, yeah, big IndyCar fan. Uh, John wrote this book. Employs 115 people apparently in 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 Hamilton County. Yeah, uh, and they moved his book and and basically essentially said, yeah, this is not teen. It's an award winning. He's he wrote a (laughs) scathing letter on Twitter yesterday. It was brilliant. Um, The letter was really good. Yeah, he's. he's, It's almost like a professional author wrote it. Yeah, almost. (laughs) (laughs) But like, okay, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna tell you something. So I, uh, I'm vice chair of our Republican Party here in Henry County, and our chairman is Todd Hyday, who I adore. Um, just the best dude. And so we were getting ready for our Lincoln Day fundraiser back in April, and this we had Greg Pence, and it it was a good time. But so we're running errands, and this is when the book bang conversation began. He's like. What about like catcher in the dry? Like the one of or catcher in the rye. Sorry, not dry. Jeez. Sorry, mom. Um, catcher in the rye. Literally catcher in the, the dry is sold at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. One of the most famous books of all time. And you've got like Holden Caulfield, who is like this young man and he's a young man. He's a teenager. He's, there are thoughts of sex and it's like, okay, there's nothing like explicit happening here, but like, this is talking about a teenager who's doing teenager things. And that book's getting banned, even though it's like considered one of the greatest American young right. adult books of all time. And where is the sense in that? Like, yes, I, six year, it's, if you're six years old, you should not be reading that book. You probably can't read the book, but like young adults deserve to it's see. It's called young adult. Right. Representation. And, and I, again, I'm not arguing for pornography. I've seen some really freaky things. I wish I could just, you know, just cleanse myself up like like that does not belong anywhere near a kid but come on the fault yeah, in our stars is, yeah. and you know it's just like so this is permeated in every it's it's permeated everywhere where the the nuance is completely removed yeah. from the conversation and where the, you go this is the rule we are taking anything that mentions sex out of the young adult and children's section of the library. And then you go, Oh, the, these two teenagers in the book, they, it's not even like it's a sex scene. It's just implied that they lose their virginity to each other. Right. And they're like, it's gotta go. It mentions it. That's our rule. But where's the nuance here? This is a book about teenagers written for teenagers. That has won awards. Well, does any book that depicts, you know, David and Bathsheba, does that get banned or like, what are we going to do with that? It's it's just so, it's just, can we trust librarians? And I think we can. I haven't lost trust in librarians to know what is appropriate and what's not. Here's my thing. If your kid comes home with a book or you see a book in the library, you go, what the hell is this doing here? And I want it taken out. So it's just a conversation. Like, don't, why are we... Why are we so afraid to confront someone that we pass on all of this strange responsibility to a board yeah. that cannot have they the problem is these boards and the people who make uh sweeping uh decisions 
there's not much room for nuance because how are you going to write that into the rules? Yeah. And, and that's where you have to trust your experts and exactly. we're not doing that. And, oh, and by the way, by banning the fault in our stars, how many more relocating. kids are going to re- relocate? Relocating. How many more kids are going to read that book? It always backfires. So, it always backfires. The logic is so stupid and we have hundreds of years of context. I've got the John Green letter here. An excerpt. He says, I've sold more than 40 million books. As a resident of central Indiana, yeah. which is good news for the tax revenue of the state and the local economy generally. We are, after all, home to the world's largest book warehousing operation. Didn't it's know that. the best selling book ever to be set in Indiana. Um, and he employs 115 people, several of whom live in Fishers and Noblesville. I'm your neighbor. I'm absolutely horrified by the decision of some members of your board to override a huge body of expertise and deem hundreds of books, including mine inappropriate to be shelved as young adult literature. One of the novels you pulled off the shelves was the Michael L. Prince Award as best young adult novel, according to leading librarians in the U.S. Another was awarded to the, the Corian Book Prize, the highest award for young. We have to change the, the way X works is not uh, not great anymore. Young adult literature in Germany. Other books on the list include Judy Bloom's Forever and Laurie Howell's Anderson Speak, which are widely viewed as the classics of young adult literature. It's political theater of the lowest and most embarrassing order. It's an yep. awful way to have Noblesville and Fishers make the national news. Yeah. All of that. I will say. The cool thing is that he's literally a citizen. Like he's, he's not just some, you know, fly by. He's not just some national artist coming over the top uh, on the Hamilton County library board. He's a resident here, and he's right. a member of the community, and a taxpayer, and a tax generator, yeah. and he and actually an advocates for Indiana. He's, like he's a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a, this a, week he's, he's like been a, on Twitter. Yeah, he's been like calling a, people out for uh, crapping on Indiana. He's like a Dave Letterman kind of guy. Who's, yeah, who's you can't. He's mentioned as like who's your writer? Like that's part of his identity, yeah. and he's made sure it was part of his. The identity. thing is, is I totally understand the policy where it's coming from too. So I, I genuinely see both sides of the coin. But I just don't think that that responsibility falls on the board of the library. It falls on. I mean, where's your your parent going? Hey, yeah, ultimately that's a parent responsibility. Hey, what book is this you're reading? Oh, okay, I see. What is this? Hmm. I wonder what Fifty Shades of Grey is about. Is it is it appropriate <laughs> for my fourteen year old? You know, you go. What book is that? I'm going to look it up on Google. It takes three seconds on my phone that's in my pocket. And then I go, oh, that's not appropriate. We need to take that back. It'd be just as easy just to have a system where if a teenager checked out a book and it was like, it was, it was within like a category that was questionable. Just, you can have it go so it automatically sends an email to the parent. And just attack to the account and says, hey, just a heads right. up. It's not like when you go to the library. It's like going into a family uh, video in the 1990s where the, the adult room. section yeah. of the library is behind the, you know, behind the doors. Oh, it, I accidentally it's just dropped simply the below top, that curtain. It's just simply the top <laughs> floor of the library versus being in the basement. That's the only difference between it's just where they put it in the, there. The, the funniest thing about this kind of stuff is the absolute ignorance on any parent's part that they think that moving books around like this is going to somehow squelch their a child's growing into adulthood until they're 18. Like 
it's an absolute farce for parents to think that, well, if I don't expose my kid to anything, then they're just going to be this pure angel that doesn't see right. or find anything until they're in college. And if you are successful, by the way, in the, the minute case that you're successful, as somebody who went to college, those kids get to college and go absolutely <laughs> they lose their kids. <laughs> they lose because their they have had, yeah. because instead of allowing them to be exposed to this stuff, when they're going through that in the right time frame with some control, cause you can help kind of guide them. You get them where there's no guidance. There's it's no just, supervision. It's just like the parents who don't let their uh, little kids eat sugar. And oh. then they go to someone's house for a birthday party and, and eat, eat an entire cake. box of cheer. Of, right. of like total fruit. And then they go insane. They go insane. But they like, nuts. I mean, it was with anything, like I said, going to college, you see those kids and they just, they literally have no control. There's no check in their brain because they their parents have been absolutely under keeping them under their thumb the entire time. So I, I read just, game of Thrones when I was in high school and I was reading, I guarantee I reading, that um, this is, that wasn't appropriate by these rules. I read hunt for October when it was in seventh grade. <laughs> like there's Russian guys just getting the next broke. Yeah. <laughs> like I was reading Tom Clancy novels in seventh grade. And so it's the same as like in half these parents like, Oh, don't play this video game. Oh, or like don't read this book. And they don't watch their kid playing grand theft auto. Oh, which right. Is the same. Right. Like, or, or don't like, what are they watching on YouTube hey, or hey, anything else? But, darling, your child is buying hookers in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, here's the kill them and taking the money back when they're done. And guess <laughs> what? They're literally called hookers in the video game. Okay. I don't think this board is about, it's not about the kids. No, I, I still think it's a it, it's what John Green said. It's about the politics of it or advancing. Flex. People are advancing yeah. their status or their stature based on well, based on being cultural. able to do this. It, it's an arms race of of woke versus anti woke. So they're like, it's so funny to see a group. They're so mad that woke people are doing this or that and they can't define woke. And so then they're doing the same thing just with a different agenda on the other side. And they're somehow justifying. It's it's the same game. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Phillips is in the chat, and he said he did a seventh grade book report on the hunt for Red October. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I had no idea there were so many Jack Ryan people in this group. And like, can we trust young people to a certain degree? Like, Absolutely not, Betsy. Are you insane? Uh, uh, no, but frustrated. Um, but like, really. It's, it's part of a developing mind. You're curious. You need to learn about the world. It, we do that through reading. That's 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 it. And and I, at again, this point, just be happy. Your eighth graders reading. You know, Joe. Yeah. yeah. And not yeah. on Snapchat twenty four seven, which is by the way, social media is absolutely destroying way our young worse. people. Yeah. So, and this is this is on the social media. They're side. probably going to be giving nickels and dimes to those weird NPC ladies. Oh my that gosh, are on that is so weird. The correlation that I had, and it's the stepping on somebody else's back to elevate your profile. You guys probably don't know who Noah Gragson is. He's a I do rookie. The chat. He is a rookie NASCAR Cup Series driver. Uh, he got hired this year to drive a, a, a car for Jimmy Johnson. Um, there's a motorsports reporter by the name of Daniel McFadden uh, who writes for some Arkansas-based very small public, uh, organization. And he might be a, do some web writing for some national stuff. He found that Noah Gregson liked an Instagram meme in 2020. Three years ago. Or, I'm sorry, 2022. So three yeah. years ago. 
when he was 22 years old. He's the, 2022 but, was last year. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. He was 22 years old three years ago in 2020. Okay. And it was a George Floyd related thing. And it was not in good taste. Very well could have been a double click at two in the morning. And this guy went back and found that he had liked it, screenshotted it, blew the thing up. The team and NASCAR suspended him a week ago for the week, the race last week. And then this week he's been essentially he and the team have parted ways. So they ended his career over liking a meme Three years ago, when he's three, two years before he even he's had two jobs since then, which could have been accidental, potentially. potentially and he, yeah. he he apologized profusely, yada yada yada. But we're I, my view is is that you're, you know, if we were held to this standard, none of us would have jobs. There's no way. There's no way in the world. To yeah. Which the response to this, Elon Musk made a tweet that said, if you receive disciplinary action or are fired from your job for responding to a tweet on this platform, which is now X, then Twitter will fund all the legal battles. And he also said, we will not do it quietly. We will do it loudly. That's what Poland told uh, that'll last six months. Right. But I, well, I did see a lady who said that she got fired from her job for liking a tweet and, uh, he told her to send her a D, send him a DM. So who knows? Yep. Maybe he's being for real. That'll last for a little while. Yeah. I I have a problem when somebody goes after somebody's career just simply to elevate them, and that's, what, that's yeah. what it appears this fella did. There's and so I, I kind of feels like that's what's happening with this this Hamilton County Board. But see, the weird thing is, is I don't understand who cares. No one cares. The any corporation that is looking at that and is going to fire that guy, if there is, if there even is any kind of outrage, they're making decisions based on the smallest minority of people that are just being loud on the internet. Ninety percent of the NASCAR fan base, they might not even know who the guy is, let alone care about what meme he liked three years no, ago. I'll say this though: they all it's know insane. Who, they all know who he is because he's been a pain in the ace for the last. For his time in Xfinity. I mean, either so way. He, so maybe he does have a bit of a thing where I, I think it was a convenient way for them to he, get rid of him because yes. they've there's been some changes in the organization yeah. and they were looking to, for a way to get yeah. rid of him. And he's he has some baggage with him, just his overall behavior, so which didn't help him. So yeah, he he's the kind of guy who probably should have paid somebody to go through and scrub his social media because he was pushing it on the track in such a way that he wasn't particularly popular. But so what this what this does to me, Dakota and Zach is that it, it tells me that if I'm a public figure, I'm deleting all of these apps. I don't want, I'm not going to tweet for myself. I'm not going to run Instagram for myself. I'm not going to have, I, somebody can do it for me. And if, if I need something that's going to promote me, they can put it out there. But I'm going to completely abstain from doing anything under my name because it only hurts me. It costs me my career. They're going to put up walls. Hey, all I needed to, I made, I thought that whenever uh, John Sproles was getting sued. For the most recent lawsuit he's in with the ACLU, you know, I if I was ever elected to office, the first thing I'd do is just delete everything, scrub it all, go dark. You don't need to know anything. Yeah, just let somebody handle social media for this department. Right. You have the sheriff's department page, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying because I'm just saying that's an example of where all the world is at. If you're a public figure, then 
just get rid of it. It's the risk is not worth the reward of having a social media presence. And I'd probably have some sock accounts where no one knew who I was so that I could just hang out and watch my watch funny videos or whatever. But you know, I'm not I'm not going to be on Facebook in any kind of public capacity. I'd hide myself point. completely. There's no way. Yeah. Well, it's insane. And I'm in the position where I there, there are so many articles I read where I'm like, this is really provocative or interesting, and I'd love to get the take of like people I respect. And I know if I post it, it's going to be a, a dumpster fire where like you know liberals, conservatives, everybody beating the crap out of each other, and it's like, just read the article, give me your take. Like, what do you think? Like, let's talk. Let let's have a nuanced conversation. It happened. And it's impossible. It happened to me when I shared my because I was I was pretty irritated with this Gregson story because I I really thought and I still believe that it was Toyota is going to replace Chevrolet and I think the Toyota people wanted wanted to make a change and, and move a driver into the seat and this was a convenient way for them to do it, uh, but I. I really think it was it was disingenuous. It was it was just simply a way to a way to replace them. But right. I so I posted my my take and then people are in there defending the meme. And it, that's not the point, right? Right. right. The, you, you the meme is so far removed from the conversation. Right. Well, and, and there, there's no grace. Like people screw up. Like if somebody says, "Hey, I screwed up. Yeah. I'm sorry." Suspend I've, the guy. Sure. Don't I've end been, a career. I've I've been educated. I understand better. I will do better. Like if it's sincere and they mean it. Why can't we show grace? And I'm not saying everybody deserves grace, but like there's there's just no capacity for that. It's like, oh, you step out of line, you're executed. And and I just think that's so ugly and so unchristian and just it's not helping anyone. So while we're on the topic of sports, how are how is how is women's soccer going? Uh it's good for everybody but America. Um England's crushing it. Um Sweden beat us in the round of sixteen. Um, I personally am a huge fan of the Australians and Matildas. I think they're brilliant. They have the best player in the world and Sam Kerr. Um, I am a huge, like my teams are Ball State, the Indianapolis Colts, and the United States of America, specifically the, our women's soccer team. And um, They've been getting beat up a lot in social media and it's really kind of ticked me off. And um, Well, at least they're getting noticed. Uh, but they're the best program in the world, and they got knocked out early. They literally won the last the two World Cups. Brandy Chance they are twenty years ago to now, right? Like, the, yeah, that's, this, this is like the program. The, the girls of '99, like, which I will remember that game for the rest of my life. Where I was, what I, I will too, but for different reasons. <laughs> okay, just um, the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and like um, the World Cup in um, twenty eleven. Um, that game where Megan Rapino, uh, it, well, it was U.S. versus Brazil. I think it was semis, but um, Megan Rapino, who is a very controversial figure in America, made one of the most clutch moves I've seen in any sport ever and put this cross up and Abby Wambach headed it in. They won the game in extra time. Um, that was the last sporting event I got to watch with my dad before he died. And, um, so for me, that's like insanely meaningful. And my dad, my dad, my sister, maybe we were all watching this game and freaking out. And, um, just, and, and that, that play is literally one of the greatest. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. You can find it on YouTube and uh, I've no more to say about Megan, but that play is absolutely outstanding. And so I've been a diehard for this fan for, for this team for a long time. And like, I am really kind of ticked off at conservative media. 
because they're mad at the team for not singing the national anthem enthusiastically before the game. When have we ever required athletes to do Aren't, that? Don't they just stand there somberly? Yes. That's, and that's generally many what of them are like, I'm thinking and about preferably most, most prefer that you don't take a knee. Right. Otherwise we don't really care. They were all standing and, and like different players talk about how they use that. They're like, I just think about my country and how much it means to me. Like Tobin Heath, who's one of my favorite players. She's like, I pray in that moment. Like I pray to God that, you know, I, I thank him for my talent and I, I just, asked to, to play the best game I can play. Like it, it's a somber moment. It's not something that's jolly where like everybody's singing real hard. I know there are countries have done that. When have we ever expected our athletes that represent America to sing the national anthem? But like, that's been the total uproar on social media. And what kills me is this is Jason Aldean 2.0. Try that in a small town. Okay. I have, I'm not a country music person. I know that's going to lose votes, but like I, I listened to that song. I read the lyrics. I'm still trying to figure out why I should be mad. Right. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. I, I don't have it. And it sounds like it, 90% it, of other generic pop country right, songs that are out right, right. now. It, it is. It's a totally manufactured, dumb. He probably didn't even write it. No, he, he, he wrote it with a bunch of people. He's not from a yeah. small town. Fine. There are a lot of people who write or he sing songs about things. Teams that, of corporate writers that work right. in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I don't want to defend Jason Aldean because I, I could not care less about this dude, but, um, it's the same thing. Like it's, it's just a controversy designed to whip up the opposition just to just to create yeah. frenzy yeah so so people are literally rooting against america because they're mad about this fake controversy and i think that's really annoying because there's so much to be mad about and it's just be pissed about losing the game uh, and that sucks and, not, and there's not, not over not over the all this anthem. because of megan rapino i mean it's that's just, 90 she's percent like, of it probably is that we don't figure. we still don't understand soccer entirely but we can, <laughs> we can get pissed over music yeah, uh, like, good at that. I I just like I, it made me sick to see people who are like I'm not rooting for our country, and it's like, okay, Megan Rapinoe's one person of 23 on the squad. What about all the others? But what what's if, the the problem is in the starting. culture of America right now is that any time you bring up any time of culture war issue, then immediately the other side hates your guts, right? And they're going to hate anything that you're associated with, and that's terrible. It's Bud Light. Yeah, I mean, that's just uh, that's the culture of the nuanced, world right now. It's is but, that anytime you dip your toe into that water, you've poisoned everything you're associated right. with. Uh, who is that serving? No one. No the, one. The egos of the people who like right. To, it, it's just things. it's ugly and it's stupid. State Representative Pierce is in the chat and he's watching. He says, "Hi, Betsy. <laughs> fire the coach." Uh, <laughs> yep, blackout out. Kyle, if you go back, Betsy's got a laundry list of complaints. Uh, she'd like about a quarter of a billion dollars to be let loose to the counties. I know you're holding on to six. Uh, so next budget cycle, do her a favor and slide her about a quarter billion. Come on, Kyle. Is you it really this. up to six? <laughs> I've been out of tune. With, it's up to six. Does that like, mean we're owed one? I don't know. It was like they can, they're capped at five, right? The, not that long ago, it was like five. <laughs> there was a two. Back in the day, it was two. I know. It, was well, like it might six. rain soon. I hope we're getting a good interest Do you know it's rate. 8% if you want to buy a house right now? The 30-year mortgage is 8%. Wow. I heard Bidenomics is you know really turning the country around. I hear Biden's asleep right now. Well, I mean, Dakota would be too if we let him. It's, it's after 8.54. It's, it's after 8.30, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dakota would be asleep two hours ago. Uh, in other news, this is probably, Zach, I know you're going to go. 
this is probably the final weekend for the NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader yeah. spectacular on the uh, on the road course, the twisties with NASCAR, Xfinity, ARCA, IndyCar all coming together for one weekend in Indianapolis. Yep. I'll be there for part of Saturday. I can't make it for well, – I'd like to be able to go tomorrow, but I've got work. It's noted I went on a two-week vacation like a month ago and burned through a lot of my time. I'm going to go over there for the IndyCar race. I cannot stay for the Xfinity race. I would actually stay for it if it wasn't at 5.30. And as all the local people know, it's the week of the Moreland World's Fair. And I've only been out there once. So I'm going to go. Only once. Only once. Usually, back in the day, I was a six-day. I would go out there every day. Seriously? Yeah. What is there to do for six days in a row? People watching and eating great food. Um, a lot of people. <laughs> My wife's from the area, so that's like that's Blue River's homecoming, right yeah, there. Th- yeah, that, that's, I, true. You, that's you, true. You run into a lot of even people aren't from Newcastle, but like you can walk around. It's one of those places. It's a little loop. You walk it, and then you stop halfway, and you talk to somebody you haven't seen since last year. Man, whenever I was in high school, I was like, yeah, it's the pl- it's the place to be this week, and so it rescheduled uh county county school schedules. Yes, yes. Yeah, Blue River started schools. a week late because of it. And wow, so, and I, I mean that is a big deal. Yeah, and so I've got I'm helping with a cross country team, so I've got a cross country meet, so I can't make it for the morning stuff. So I'm gonna see the least amount of activity at the track I've ever seen for an IndyCar race weekend, but I'll get over there for the race. I think it's because we're fake race fans. Or this is the worst IndyCar race on the calendar and it shouldn't be there anymore. It's it's well it's a it's, it's a, horrible, a waste. It's a horrible time. They're like third banana State on their fair's own. Schedule. Going, Moreland's fair's going, school's back in session. It's just not a good apparently it's gonna be the last one though. They're 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 in a tire test on Monday on the oval because they want to get back to that seventeen thousand fans that show up for the for the oval race. And I don't know, they'll find they've gotta find a way to take that get that race back. That's all from if people want to see how one event can change the course of an uh, of an event franchise look at the tire debacle with the brickyard because that literally crippled it and never came back but i'll be over there for that but the, the xfinity race is until 5 30 in the evening so i'm not hanging out that long indy cars race there in may uh, they can go to milwaukee in august yeah that's i'll be fine with that all right uh let's start to final thoughts zach you have anything um not a lot i'm gonna give kudos to you you said you you slept through the Broad Street Cruise last week. Um, it was less cruise, more bikes. They handed out 165 bicycles to kids. You just came up, signed a sheet, um, and they just drew names. They had all different sizes. Um, they had a bunch, of, and Pointer Brothers handed out quite a few bikes. Where'd they get all the bikes? Right. Um, people donated. I'm not sure. Like, there was a, I mean, I, drew, I was running by Pointer Brothers, and they got a truckload. Um, and there were, and then, and then some other businesses donated and they just kept, and they kept getting more money. They were just run to Walmart and just buying more bikes. And so they had everything from toddler bikes up to, they even had a couple, I think they only had two or three, but like 26 inch frame bikes. That's amazing. Um, and then just 24s awesome. and 25s. And so that was, I was actually bummed. They didn't take my drone downtown because you literally had to have gone up and elevate to understand how many people showed up. Like the area in front of the courthouse was just crammed full of people, all these little kids, and then their parents and the fire department helped and the EMS helped because the fire department would take them and go over and have them pick out their bike. They all came with helmets and two. So that was really cool to see that event. Like we went down there, signed up like everybody else did and then walked over to Primo and had a delightful dinner and then got back just in time to, for them to do it. So there, were, there wasn't a lot of cars seen for me, which is why I usually go down there for, but the, to see the community come together and do that was 
really cool on the and then like that night there was an <laughs> I joked there was a nine eleven call that went up on the Facebook group about a bunch of kids riding their bikes at 18th and Broad Street and I was like they probably just got them they're just trying to enjoy them it was eleven thirty at night but other than that if you're uh, local and you're going to listen to this the next day get out there to the Moreland World's Fair and get an elephant <laughs> ear I mean the, the best thing about that is you go out there that fair you support a bunch of local because the the band sells elephant ears the um, oh I can't think of the group that sells Optimus. I'm going to sell ice cream cones. FFA sells um, lemon shakeups. Well, and the volunteer firemen sell long hot dogs and coney dogs. And then, like, the, the big food booth. Like, yeah, and then the food tent. Republicans have I call it, it Saturday. You're, you're old timer. You call it the food tent, even though it's now a building. It's a pole barn. Uh, and that's run by a different community organization, churches, uh, political parties, whatever, every right. night. And they'll have their who it is. And they have good breaded tenderloins and hamburgers and homemade pies. It is, it is really hard work. As somebody who's worked that last four or five years as Republicans, um, Saturday night, we the last night. It is, it is hard work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hot in there. It really is. Uh, yeah. And parade, very greasy. Parades at three. So everybody keep your lighters and matches in your pockets. Uh, but if you're out in the County, because every volunteer fire department's fire trucks are in the parade. Um, yeah, so got enjoy that. It would take anyway. years to get that back down tonight's town to respond to something. Oh my yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> fire. Don't even st- say it. The, the average fire truck can go thirty four miles an hour. The volunteer fire department trucks. It's gonna be a half hour. Their, the, their trucks are all older than us. Betsy, have you guys already done your hot dogs on the courthouse square? No, that's coming up. Um, I, as I like to say, hot dogs with Diego. I assume the Secretary of State will be here. He likes I, that's this kind of thing. He likes. I assume it. Um, or a bratwurst. So what's supposed to be the 18th? I think I think it's the 25th now. They moved it back. Is that right, Sal? 25th. The, the 25th. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll be in attendance. You should. I've got a ticket for you. All right. Oh boy, subsidized hot dog. There's nothing like government sausage. All right. What else? <laughs> what else do you have for us? Um, uh, you know, uh, Henry County government. We're working hard. Um, I'm really proud of my colleagues. Like I feel like such a jerk for not having been there the last two weeks, but literally. I was just down and out with COVID. It really third time fully vaxxed. It really uh, kicked me in the rear. So um, I'm, I'm just proud of my colleagues. I think they, they are very transparent. They work really hard and they really want the best. And it, this is, it's a messy situation. It's like, you know, we're, we're problem solving in a hundred different ways. So um, I don't know how tomorrow shakes out. I don't know what the budget exactly looks like. I have a lot of research to do, but um I, I am proud of my colleagues, and I assure you that you've got work, good people working for you in Henry County. Question for you about the logos you're wearing. Yeah. All these American logos. Are those new? Are those current? Have, have they always worked with these? So this is the last jersey. Uh, this is the most current, but four stars on our shirts. For right. Four World Cups because we're the, the most World Cups. Okay. Same with the hat. I'm wearing this to celebrate our team. Um, we're going to need a new coach, major transition. Um, I'm not going to be a conservative who trashes an American team. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, so I'm, uh, do they, every, every time they come up, with, do they come up with a new uniform every time? Uh, it's like every year or so. And definitely every like Olympics or like world cup cycle. Absolutely. Cause they. I'm, I'm getting a Dan Gurney, all American racers vibe. I sent you a lo- a, a text or a logo. Yes. Okay. You did uh, send me and, that. and I'm Zach, do you pick up on this? When, when you I see the my response when you see to it was all American racers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, I have no idea what that is, but it, it, it does look yeah. very yeah, yeah similar. 
That's All Dean Gurney's a famous racer. Dean Gurney was an F1 and IndyCar yeah. owner and driver back in the 60s and 70s. And won a Formula One race with his yeah. own car. Won NASCAR races. Like he's a legendary motorsports guy based in Southern California. Uh, any all American racers was the thing, and I'm looking. I just look at that logo and go, my God! I I just it screams. It does AAR. look a lot. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. So I, w- I was just curious if there yeah. was any like any backstory or anything. If they no, were paying nod to him, I, I don't know the timing of that, but like this crest is old enough. The four stars are more recently earned. Twenty nineteen being the last. Interesting. So. Um, and it sucks not to win this year. Like I, it is a cool logo, though. It it is, yeah. and it, what's funny is like the women have this one and the men have this one where there's no stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I don't know. It, I, it hurts to be a fan of the team right now. Just they're getting beat up, and also it, it's just a time of transition. So, um, I but I believe in. I love soccer. I love football. I love basketball, but. Um, I'm one of those weirdos, weirdos who really likes soccer. I think better times are in the future. Dakota, final thoughts? I have nothing, Jer. Um, you'll be gone next week. We won't be here. I'll be gone the week after. So. I do. So we're dark next week. Uh, we will probably have a show on the 24th, uh, assuming I can find, I can figure it out. I'm going to go full uh, Clark Griswold and take the camper to Mount Rushmore. Oh wow! Uh, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the Black Hills of South Dakota as yes. as the Sturgis people leave. We're gonna go, we're gonna roll in. Uh, so I'm gonna <laughs> pass a hell of a lot of. I'm gonna pass a hell of a lot of motorcycles and a lot of I COVID head, as I head westbound <laughs> on I-90 and they're heading eastbound. Yeah, roll your windows out. <laughs> hit the recirculate button. I literally, I literally feel like I'm just recovering from it. I think I picked it up at the county fair dusting, and I've had a month of July. Have you was, been there before, Mount Rushmore? Uh, yeah, it'll be yeah. my. It's the first time Sarah's gone. My my mom and her family are from that area. Okay, so she's from anywhere. Newcastle, Wyoming. Uh, mm-hmm. Monday we'll go visit my grandparents' grave in scenic South Dakota. It, um, go to the Badlands. Oh yeah, it's there. Okay, please. I'll be there Sunday. Yeah, they're amazing. Uh, gonna get my free ice water and my nickel coffee at Wall Drug. The whole we're gonna do the whole thing. <laughs> uh, okay, I have I have to give two plugs on the RV side, but then I have a question. I have, I'm gonna leave you guys with uh, Mount Comfort RV did sell. So our buddy Rusty, friend of the show, Rusty Eckstein, who's been on been on Boss Hog before, uh, they are selling to Camping World. So. If anybody is interested in a in a travel trailer, fifth wheel, motorhome, whatever, uh, Rusty is selling stuff below his cost so that he doesn't. Say, he's like, I listen, I'll sell it to Marcus Lemonis, the guy that owns Camping World, for a loss, or I can sell it to you guys for a loss now. So he's paying more money for trades than he's supposed to, and he's going to sell them under cost. So this is the last trip Sarah and I are making in our current camper because wow. we made an arrangement with him. We're going to have a new one. Uh, and then if you don't want to pay for a camper this weekend, uh, there's been all the huge consolidation thing in this world. Uh, Modern Trailer and Anderson uh, sold to a regional company called Bish's RV, uh, and they're giving away three campers this weekend. Bish's. In Anderson. Uh, one to a local hero, one to somebody that just shows up at their event in person. Somebody's going to win one in a drawing, and then they're giving one away nationally. So they're going to give away three campers at, uh, at Bish's in Anderson. All of that said, I have been nursing along. I've owned my house for 10 years, and I think I paid, it doesn't matter how much money I paid, but I paid a very small pittance amount of money for a lawnmower, another lawnmower, and a weed eater 10 years ago. And this has been a workhorse, five and a half horsepower push mower. 
And this is the first week that I have not been able to get it to actually work and mow my grass. Do I continue to nurse it along as a source of pride and say, I'm going to keep this mower going forever? Or do I finally break down and go buy a new mower? Because I think I can fix it. Or do I or do I break down and buy a new mower? What does it cost to fix it? <sighs> well, I put a spark plug in it. I put an oil filter in it. I changed the oil. That was about 26 bucks. And then I think what's actually wrong is that the, uh, the little primer plug on the carburetor is torn, which uh, yep. Amazon, 12 bucks. So I think I'm going to be 40 bucks into it, plus my time, which is worth $3 in labor. So do that. And I've if that doesn't work, then problem. say goodbye. So you think you think I should you yeah. think I should just keep going? Yeah, I had the same opinion. I had that same problem on the one I had when I lived in Newcastle. I replaced it and it worked. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, at that cost, why not? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think if, I might be emotionally like, attached to this lawnmower at this. But point. like, if you were like, this is 150 bucks, I'd be like, move on, buddy. move on. But like, you can do this. Yeah. All right, Zach. Yeah, if that don't work. ask me. I treat mowers like disposable. <laughs> just can't, I hit stuff Zach, with them. Zach has never sold a straight. car in his life, but he has no problem with turning mowers. I'm at, I'm like on my I'm trying to think how many mowers I've been through. I I had one. I think I killed. Yeah, I killed one of mine, and then I killed my mom's, and that was that was a good lawn boy that had that had really gone through some stuff, and I killed it. And the one I've got now doesn't really mow straight. It mows kind of crooked. Like it's so have to go over everything twice. So, so I because I, mean, I hate I hate trimming. So I just take the mower in places where it shouldn't go, and I pay the price. Like the the one I broke, I bent a blade ninety degrees stopping it. I would rather use weed killer and then just hand trim some stuff than to use yeah, a string trimmer. I, I, I hate the string trimmer. So I, yeah, I I, oh, I yeah. string trim my yard and my mom's yard, and it doubled the time it took me to mow. It, it went. For, it was like three hour job for both yards, and then I and ten days later, you can't tell. Hate it. <laughs> hate. So yeah, I'm not. I'm a horrible person to ask. Every time do, you use I, a string trimmer, just take it down to the dirt. I do, and it. My yard grows. So my, my father works in a mower shop. This is the other side. Yeah. So I call him this morning, or we're making conversation, and I explain, hey, lawnmower thing. He's like, what'd you do? He's like, okay, you need to replace your carburetor. Where'd you go? I was like, oh, Amazon. He's like, that's not going to work. He was very judgmental of the Chinese parts that are going to come. He was not optimistic about my That's plan. because Paul's a good American. He's an American auto worker. We don't like the CCP here. Nope. I don't know. I, I just need all I need. I think it literally I it's a tank. I don't even think it really needs oil to run. I think it just oh, needs mine? I've never changed oil in mine. Yeah. Ever. I think it in just the drawer. primer bulb broke and you know. I think I probably could have duct taped it and made it work. But Wait. my grass isn't cut. I got somebody cutting my grass for the first time in ages. Uh which is kind of a shameful thing for a guy to not cut my own grass. Would you go electric? For me. Oh hell no. Uh it works. Uh, yeah, but uh, I here's the thing. Jeremiah's old now, Betsy. No, know, it's not I that. He's old. I know. It's He's not 40. that. It's that. Thanks, Dakota. <laughs> I don't have electric to my mini barn where the mower sits. Yeah. I have okay. to plug it in. I have to carry batteries. Just, I, at some point, the batteries to are going to die. The batteries. In. I'm going to have to. Mower. I'm going to have to put solar panels on my mini barn, <laughs> or, or solar panels, or a windmill. Yeah. Just stick it up above the oh, trees. Man. Re- you oh personal use windmills are fine. All right, that's enough of this. We thank you guys very much for being a part of the show and ha- hanging with us. Uh, we will see you in two.
two weeks probably, maybe three, but two weeks. I'd say pencil us in for August 24th. Most of us will be here. 